Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us again on Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. It's Stacy and Samantha back with you on this Monday. How are you, Samantha? God, I've got my power lip on and I'm just ready for it. Let's I'm, I'm, do I'm, this. Like I need to go get something red on my face. Yep. Outside of the rosacea that this Irish girl gets <laughs> to experience on a daily basis. Um, but here's here's the best news of the day. Uh, we are joined today by Sarah Liller, who is doing some amazing things in fashion and design with her own clothing line. And um, Sarah, you are my idol person. I feel like you have, you had very early on knew what you wanted to do. And they always say like the, the fastest way from point A to point B is a straight line, which I feel like is exactly what you did not do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us. I do, I want to unpack that a little bit. So uh, tell us a little bit about your very roundabout way to end up where you exactly should be. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I was an only child and um, my parents were like, you know, middle-class-ish. And um, I was really, really smart, really, really good in school. Got straight A's was that kind of kid. Um, I put a lot of that pressure on myself. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where that came from. Typical only but, um, child. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my teachers and my, my parents were always like, oh, well, you're so smart. You should, um, you should do something like become a doctor, a lawyer, you know, cause that's how you make money. And I was like, Ooh, I want to make money. That sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> so I just was like, all right, well, I'm not that interested in law. So why don't I just try to become a doctor? And so I just went down this path. In the meantime, though, like my mom had taught me to sew when I was 13. Um, I was making my own clothes in high school, working at a fabric store. And even before that, like I would spend hours and hours in my bedroom just trying on outfits like, oh, I wonder how this looks with this. And what if I add this shoe? And like clothes were just such a huge part of who I was. But I was never I never knew anyone who did that for a living. And I never knew that that was actually a way that you could make a living or, or make money or, or have a career. And so I was like going down this path of like studying science. So I went to college. I got a degree in chemistry. And um, of all things, super, super closely related to hours just and hours. Super like no big deal chemistry, yeah. right? Yeah. No bigs. What's so crazy is I was really good at it, too. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Who is that person? That's right. Um, you could be your side hustle one day. You know, what's so funny is when I was in New York going to fashion school, I, I tutored chemistry on the side so that I had drinking money for the weekends. Smart. That is fantastic. And shoe Smart. money too. Yeah. Um, to buy shoes. So um, I went to college and did this and then I, I been volunteered at a hospital and I was like, oh, I don't really want to be a doctor. But then I was like, oh, I had the science degree. So why don't I just keep going with that? So I got into a PhD program studying biochemistry. I was working in a lab doing NMR spectroscopy, like just crazy shit. I don't, I don't even know what that means. What is that? You, like you don't, you don't need farther. to. It's not. I, I feel <laughs> like we have now gone a little farther off that straight yeah. line path, but okay, yeah. let's, let's keep going. And then, well, so I was like in lab, I had to do this experiment that I had to be there at like three in the morning. And I remember like being there and it didn't work. And I went home and I sat on my couch and I just started crying. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? This is not the life I want. Um, it was just like this moment of clarity of like, holy shit, I have to make a decision. And I think a lot of that came from, I lost my mother fairly early in life when I was 
like almost turning 18. And I think it finally, after mourning that loss, it finally hit me that it was my life and I had to make decisions. And I think having that clarity of how short life could be, it just hit me like a ton of bricks that it was like, I have to do this for myself. Like, like otherwise I'm not going to, I'm living somebody else's life. Um, so having had that experience and I did a lot of soul searching and the only thing I kept coming back to was clothes. I mean, one of my best girlfriends that I worked with in lab was like, the moment that you came in and read high heels, I knew that there you were meant for something else. <laughs> How do you, but okay. So you've got this chemistry degree. You're super smart. You're doing this PhD. You're in a lab. Like, I mean, honestly, how do you have the balls to go, I'm going to go do fashion? Like, I, I, it, I just feel like that is such an identity shift that most yeah. people would be terrified of. I mean, it was scary, but um, I just felt like I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life if I don't do it right now. I can always go back to this other thing. You know, like, I think we have this thought that, like, our decisions are permanent, but they're not. Yeah, chemistry's um, not going anywhere, right? Exactly. It's still here. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. Um, yeah. Uh, it's still boring to me. So I'm not planning to go back anytime soon. But um, yeah, I, I just was like, everyone told me I was crazy too. Everyone was like, that field is so competitive. Um, it's so cutthroat. You're never going to make it. And I was just like, I can't Ugh, not do this. Yeah. I love that. That's when you're like, hey guys, watch me. Yeah. Watch me. Hold my exactly. beer. Hold my exactly. beer. Here I go. So you fast forward into this next level. You decide you're going to go to start a line of fashion and you start building clothing in your home. Yeah. So I graduated from fashion school in 2010 and left New York and came to the Bay Area. And um, I had a hard time getting a job. And I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to start making things because I need to be creative. And so I just started sewing stuff and those sewing skills that my mother taught me when I was 13, that she never thought that I would use for anything. I actually put to use and started making clothes in my apartment. And I did a couple local fashion shows and I kind of caught the bug of like, oh, this is fun. And there was a shop in San Francisco that was like, yeah, I'll take some stuff on consignment. And I just put it in there and it was like a gambling addiction. Like as soon as I sold some pieces, it was like, Ooh, this feels good. <laughs> you know, this is, you know, some validation. And it was just so fun to see my stuff out in the world on women and how excited they were to try it on and how good they felt when they were wore it. So it was just like, okay, yes, this is for me. Do you remember the first time you were out and about and saw somebody wearing one of your pieces? Well, I used to work in the shop. And I would like see them try stuff on and it was just like a change came over them. You know, it's like they walked out of the dressing room. You can tell, I can tell when a woman feels confident. I think everybody can subconsciously at least. And, and she would just have her face would light up and glow and be like, Oh my God, I love how this feels. And it's just like, there's no better feeling in the world than that to me. So I met you at, I was canvassing for vendors at one of these trade show things around the Bay. And I saw you and I was like, oh, I kind of like that stuff. And I asked you to come and do one of our sparkle events is how I met you. And I bought a couple of your dresses. And I got to be honest, ladies, the clothing that Sarah makes is it's like wearing sweatpants, but they're not sweatpants, right? They're so comfortable. The jersey material, it works, it flows. It really makes you look good and feel good. Um, and the lines on every single garment that I have that you've made is 
I mean, it's so well done. So you definitely have found a product that works. I see a lot of women wearing your stuff, mainly because I'm always talking about your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's really cool that you're designing clothes. It's it's like a woman designing clothes for women. And that's something we think that everybody kind of maybe has the aspiration to do, but not a lot of lines are successful with that. And so with that being said, um, now that you've got this line, are you, how do you get your stuff into stores? Like, I always find it really interesting. Are you like walking around with a dress, walking into like a store and saying, Hey, do you want to carry this? How does it work? That was, that was literally, literally me like eight years ago. Um, I look back on myself and how fearless I was during that time. And it, it always, it almost kind of scares me a little bit. It's like, you have to have a mixture of being naive and fearless (laughs) to like put yourself out there like that. Like I would just go into these stores and be like, Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a designer and here's my line and I'd show it to them. And a few of, I mean, it was like so much rejection and people were like, so mean to me at times, but I just kept doing it. And it was like, eventually a few stores were like, yeah, I'll carry it. You know, let's, let's try it out. And so it kind of built from there and that kind of gave me this leverage to then get a sales rep and start doing shows in New York and LA and getting a larger wholesale presence. So now how many stores are you in currently? Um, Well, the pandemic has changed things quite a bit. Um, I was at one point in over 30 boutiques across the U.S. And I was being distributed um, by Newly, which is Urban Outfitters um, clothing rental service. But a lot of that has gone away over the course of the pandemic. So my main thing now is direct to consumer, which I'm actually really excited about because my favorite thing is the interactions with the customers and getting that one-on-one feedback. And I get that through the website. Like I don't actually get to see the person try it on, but I get emails weekly of women being like, your stuff is so good and it makes me feel so good. And I'm just so happy that you're doing what you do. Yes. Which then leads me to the next part of you, which is this pandemic shift, but maybe part of you that's always been, that's now just allowing it to be a part of your offering is not only the design aspect, but the styling aspect. And what you are now doing a lot of is, you know, creating these, I, I don't know what I would, how I want to put, I don't want to put it into a box, but it's, it's kind of a whole bunch of different things, but it's more of creating this overall, you know, being of a woman and how she can feel confident. And talk to us about what you're doing with that and how you're impacting women and their clothing and the way that they are styling themselves. Yeah. So one thing I noticed with a lot of the women that would be trying on my clothes is they'd be like, I don't know how to wear this. Um, or they wouldn't understand what colors or shapes looked good on their bodies. Okay, that's me and 100% I- <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Well, it's most of us. We never got taught this stuff in school, right? Yeah. Like I wish that in high school I would have gotten to take an image, you know, an image consulting class because you know, it would help all of us so much. Our image is like that's the first thing that we see and it's our first line of defense. It's us telling people how we want to be treated. And that is why it's so important to me to really own that that aspect of yourself. Um so I saw this happening over and over again where women would just kind of like you know, I don't know what to wear and I hate shopping and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I love shopping. I could do it all day, every day. And I love educating women on, on clothing, on apparel, on fabrics and on what looks good on them. So during the pandemic, I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to kind of meld and, and figure out what I wanted to do. And 
I've also done a lot of personal development work in my life. And for me, styling is a marriage of my two loves, clothing and fashion, and then personal development. Because when you're taking ownership of your life and your image, it's you, like I said, telling the world how you want to be treated and, and also changing the way that you view yourself. And I think there's so much power in that because that makes you more confident and being more confident makes you have more impact on the world and be better at whatever it is that you do. Yes. Like we need to write that down and broadcast that because I think so many women and especially now, like, cause everybody's just beat the fuck up. Okay. Yeah. We're all just like, we're all just getting by with the best that we can because what we've all are still going through collectively. And you know, the fact that you could put on a pop of color or a power lip or a, a great pair of heels that literally is something that can really change the way that you feel externally, which right now women need. And yeah, everybody can we all just get out of our leggings for a day. I yeah. mean, we, we, we need to be done with that. We need to be done with the leggings on the bottom and, you know, uh, a dress shirt and blazer on the top for our zooms. I, I, I'm done. I've gotten into like the creative, like I found a a dress. Like I like a long midi over the knee dress. It makes me feel warm. It kind of feels like a legging, but it gives me a little bit more of a pop. Um, But I have always been a girl that has felt that if I get up and get my shit together, even if it don't feel good and I put on some makeup and I make myself feel good then, and look good, then I'm going to have a good day. And Mm -hmm. I really try to approach the day in that way. Now, I'm not always successful, but I do wake up and try. But for so many women, it's not that easy. And what is like, when people come to see you, you know, what is the biggest thing that they say, like why they haven't come to see someone like you before? Like, what is the hurdle that women have? I think a lot of women don't want to invest in themselves. I think that's a big thing. Um, they put, it's so much easier to put everyone else first, your job, your kids, your husband, your everything, your fan, you know, your family or your you know parents, if you're caring for them, it's so much easier to just put them first. Um, so I think investing in themselves is a big hurdle. Um, and also just being able to make mistakes. One thing about clothes is that first of all, it brings up a lot of body issues. A lot of self-esteem issues like every a lot, body issue that yeah you possibly have like yeah. it, it and, can bring up a body issue yeah <laughs> well and then all these like bullshit stories that we've told ourselves our lives where like our mother told us we looked fat in something or that something else didn't look good on us and then now we like carry that with us into adulthood yeah and there's so much to unpack <laughs> um so that's another big thing and i think it's also just knowledge like understanding how to figure out if something looks good on you. And once you learn that, it's something that you can carry with you for the rest of your life and you can use it going forward. And even if you don't want to keep working with a stylist. Which I think is cool. And I think the word stylist, and we've talked about this with Amanda too, who's personal shopper at Bloomingdale's, like people just get all like freaked out, like, oh my God, it's so expensive or I don't need that. And what it's not really people aren't really registering is a it's not that expensive or you know that much of a time commitment but the outcome and what you can get for yourself is so much more than just like a shirt right it's like so much more that you can get confident wise i think yeah i liken it to you could everybody can buy a gym membership right 
But if you really want to have results, you hire a personal trainer. It's exactly the same thing. I'm the personal trainer for your closet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. So one of the things I'm loving on your online um, Instagram stories that you've been doing is like different types of body shapes. Like if you're pear shape or triangle, the triangle one was the one I like, was like, wear this, don't wear this. And it was like just these really easy little, you know, shifts that we can all make. Um, what kind of got you going on that idea? And, you know, where, how are you finding that's going with what you're doing online? Are you finding people responding to it really well? Yeah, I think information is power. <laughs> um, and also being honest with yourself, what's so funny. So I, for the longest time, thought I was pear-shaped. I thought, oh, I have these big hips, you know? And then I was like, actually did the exercise like a few years ago where I like looked in the mirror and looked at my body. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually like in between an hourglass and a column. I actually have very narrow hips. So I'm like, what the heck? Why was I thinking this? And this is like, like I said, with stories before, my mother was very pear-shaped. And so I absorbed some of that from her and then thought I was the same and I'm not. So it's like taking the time to actually look in the mirror and see what you see without all of this like bad emotional baggage that we carry along with us. I think that's a, that's a um, hard filter to remove. Even if you're yeah. alone in your house, looking at yourself, it's uh, we still see it with that filter of every every negative thing we heard about ourselves growing up. I just see a big yeah, and I ass. Think- I just see a huge <laughs> ass because that's all. That's like all I see when I see my body. I'm like, you know what? I just got to find a way to just. That's what I got. I got it. Here it is. Right. <laughs> Not trending now. I, I was gonna say. Is. I think. I think that's in currently. So yeah, it's fine. It's- it is. Yeah. But it's it, like the body image thing is so, it's so hard and it's so, it's hard to admit like as grown as women, like we all have it too. You know, not only these little young girls that see it on yeah. Instagram and we've talked about this time and time again, but like, I'll admit it. Like all, you said your earring, like I was looking at my ears the other day and I, cause I wear the same studs every day. And I was like, oh my God, like my ears are wrinkly and like, fuck like what's going on here I have you no know problem admitting it i will uh i will f- happily say on a daily basis that i have enormous image issues um mm-hmm. it's just sometimes i feel like i'm alone in that i know i'm not no but but then you look at these perfect women and think how could they possibly have image issues we all do they all do yeah everybody does Everyone has walk something. Walk down the street and look at somebody in an outfit and go, "Oh, sister, that is so wrong." And you just like—is there a part of you that just wants <laughs> to grab her and fix her? Because I'm pretty sure probably eighty thousand people have walked by me on the street and thought that. No. At some point in time. I so, so I try not to go there. I feel like it's like if you're an intuitive or something, like you don't want to like like pick up on all the like dead you know dead people walking around all at once. It's kind of like that. <laughs> right? Um, when I see someone who's dressed well, I like want to go up and tell them and be like, good job, girl. Like you're really <laughs> killing it today. Um, but I think like for, for women, for me, the saddest thing are the women that are trying to hide. And you can just see that with like the wearing head to toe black with the shapeless and all that stuff, because it's, it's just, 
it's just so sad and there's not much you can do. Like they have to make that first move. You know, there's these reality shows where they take these women and they just go through the whirlwind and they come out on the other side. But in real life, that's not like reality. You, exactly. You have to make the decision of like, I'm t- tired of feeling this way and I'm ready for something new. And I think that's the point to call on an expert who's going to hold space for all your insecurities. That's the thing. I listen. And I'm not telling you it's bullshit because it's obviously you believe it, you know, it's in, it's you, it's part of who you are and how you were raised or how you see yourself. And that's totally cool. But I think the power of with clothes is that you can do so much. Like I, I think of it as a yes. And so yes, I don't like my stomach and what am I going to do about it? Well, there's so many things I can do to camouflage that, that I can still feel powerful in. And I can draw attention to the fact that like, I love my, my face and my arms and, and the, my the size of my waist and all these other things. Um, so I think it's like, you just have to approach it from that, that yes. And perspective instead of no, but, <laughs> but no, I, I have all these things that are keeping me from feeling beautiful. It's like, well, let's highlight the things that do. Let's, let's do, let's say this once and for all, and let's, let's put it out there for everybody to hear, say it loudly for the people in the back. Um, is there a body shape or type that does not look good in clothes or are there clothes and designs and shapes and pieces for everybody to look beautiful? Every single person has the option to, regardless, it doesn't matter what your coloring is, what your body type is, you will, you can, can and will look beautiful in something no matter what. Okay, there we go. There we go. I mean, that's the just underline it, exclamation it, neon sign. Solved the world, world's problem today. You it's know. not global warming, but it's, it's close. So I think the, the idea of wanting to be a fashion designer, I want to go back to fashion design. So wanting to be a fashion yes. design and then like drawing something out and then like making it. How long does it take to get an idea into a product that you feel comfortable selling? Like, do you have many different versions of a dress or are you able to draw it, make it and get it out? What's so funny is that the designs that I have in the line that sell the best are the ones that took me the least amount of time to make. (laughs) I don't know why that is. It's like, it's actually like a litmus test that I have. Like if this something is taking me over a week to design and, and get the final product, I'm like, this probably is not going to sell well. Um, Cause if it's not working, it's not working. But um, you know, it's like you do the first pattern and the first sample. And then I do all the fitting adjustments. And this is why my stuff fits pretty well is that I'm doing all these little tiny micro adjustments to the pattern to make sure that it fits perfectly. And then at that point, you know, you, you send it to the grader and they do all the sizes and then the factory cuts and sews it. So, you know, when I was doing a full line, it would take me three or four months to design a collection. Which is crazy. But for an individual piece, it may be like anywhere from one week to two weeks to, you know, whatever it takes. What's your best all-time selling piece? I have this swing dress. It's like a crew neck sleeveless and it's cut kind of like a more sporty style uh and it comes in long and short and the thing with all my clothes is the dresses have pockets yes they have pockets thank you yeah this is like a woman designing for a woman we need a place to put our lip gloss yeah or your hands i mean my hands get cold or like sometimes it's awkward you don't know where to put them that's what pockets are for 
What would you say the one piece is that looks really good on nearly everybody? Um, like the safety piece for everybody. I have a pair of like kind of, I wouldn't call them wide leg. They're in between a straight and a wide leg pants that are cropped. Those look good on everyone. Oh, and then the dress that Sam has, uh, it's like a V-neck faux wrap and it's a midi length. It has a, like a slit up the front, it's long amazing. sleeve. People freaking love that dress. It feels like a robe at a spa, but then you could go to a black tie event in it. It's like so awesome. It's the Lana dress and I like rave about it. I put it on my S list as like the little black dress that every woman needs. Um, there's also another piece that you have, which is like the great travel dress. I just got that one not that long ago and it's kind of a longer sleeve, super comfortable. It looks cool. You can match it with some boots and like, I'm the worst. I wear black all the time. I really black cheetah leather studs and red. And now, when you said black head to toe, I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's me. That's me. And Sarah and I have talked about this before, but she's like, you can do it. I'm like, it's all I know, right? Um, I do pop a little bit here and there, but the black um, stuff that you've got, and even the navy is really, it's really just kind of clothing that can work with any situation. And it's very much like boardroom, ballroom, you know, loungy. It, It can go anywhere, which is not a lot of lines can say that they can do that, which I love. Yeah, I um I always think of my my inspiration is I want you to be able to wear it on an airplane on a flight to Paris and get off the plane and not look like an American. I feel like we should test that theory. I'm right? <laughs> I'm totally in. I am. Yeah. Let's go international with Sarah's gear and see how it goes. Um, what do you think was like the hardest part about your journey thus far? Like, was it the rejection when you would go? Or was it the ripping the bandaid and like, I'm going to do that? Like, what was the hardest moment that you've had in this? I think at one point I had such terrible um, uh, self-doubt that it could actually be me to do it. I think it's like imposter syndrome or something. You know, it's like, well, who am I to do this? I'm not that good. Um, And I think there was a moment in in 2016, where I was just like, I, I don't think I can do this. Like it's taking so long. And, and who, you know, what, who do I think I am? Who, who did I think I was to even start this? And then I, this is another random story. So I got this opportunity to host a, a like very low budget documentary in China. Um, and so I got this free trip to China and it was about entrepreneurs from the Bay area, going to China, meeting with entrepreneurs there. And I met all these people and they were doing great, you know? And I was like, well, damn, if they can do this in China, like, why can't I do this in the United States? And so it was like exactly what I needed at the time. And I came back and I was just like, fuck, fuck all this like noise in my head that that ego has got to chill out and I just have to do it. And so they've been, ever since I think that moment of like going on that trip and, and having that realization, um, I've been able to just really push. I love that. And what do you think for the people that don't have an opportunity to go to China and have that <laughs> moment, <laughs> but, but maybe can have that moment here, you know, like what is your advice to someone who maybe felt or feels like you or felt like you in that moment? Like what is like something you could say to them like that could help them? I think that there's this thing in our brain called the ego and it's like, you know, our lizard brain and it's what's trying to keep us safe and understanding that like those voices that are telling you you're not good enough and they're telling you that you should do what's safe. 
it's it's literally the part of your brain that was trying to protect you from like saber toothed tigers and shit before. Like, and starting a business is not a saber toothed tiger. You're not going to die. And so just like having the presence to understand that that's what's going on. I love that. And I know that there is a saber tooth um, tiger in Los Angeles at the Liberia Tar Pits. If anybody (laughs) wants to see what that looks like in person. Um, I think you are amazing. I want to know what is the best way for people to get to find your line? What is your website? Yeah. So my website is sarahliller.com. That's Sarah with an H. Um, and then if you want to, if you're interested in styling, my styling services are stylingwithsarah.com. Excellent. I'm checking that out. Yes. We will be putting both of those in our show notes. And what I love the most about you is your story of really just knowing that there was like those roadblocks, but not giving a shit and just kind of saying, you know what, I'm going to do it. And from someone who has a completely different trained mind in biochem (laughs) to someone who, I mean, those are really different because that's a whole creative part and a whole different, you know, part of the brain and made it work and is continuing to make it work. So I want to say thank you to Sarah for joining us today, sharing your story, showing us that we don't need to go to China to get the, the icky lizard brain to, um, you know, get those thoughts out of our head. And if you want to make something happen, ladies, get out there and make it happen. Have a great week. Have a great day. And thanks for being inspired.